Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast. It's still cold here in the Windy City. Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Cody Del Mendo, and Sarah running the ones and twos. Hello to everybody in live YouTube chat. I see 10 thumbs ups already. I see a lot of people waiting for us. Some people suggesting that we might be late. Classic CHGO Cubs by a minute or two. One minute. Shout uh, out Shout out to Cassie in the chat. I met her in Denver when I went out there in September. Hey, Cassie. And she says in the chat that she's finally made it to a live show hello, for the hello. first time. So You know what today okay. is? Wednesday. Four, day, four weeks until pitchers and catchers report in Arizona. Four weeks to sign Cody Bellinger they've got. Well, I, I still more say, I say weeks, two weeks or less. They got more than four weeks. They'll go into spring training. They're not. You think it. they're going to go all the way to? Oh, yeah. It's going to go all the way to maybe a Dexter if, oh, Fowler if it, no, deal. No, I'm saying. I'm saying if it does, if if he holds out till spring training, they won't like. They won't cut. They won't make a deadline. Well, they won't cut it off. No, no. I just don't think it'll go that. Oh, maybe long. it might not. Bro, I, the the sooner the better because I'm tired of doing like different scenarios in my my Twitter my Twitter spaces I've been doing all off season where we're going through the scenario of. If the Cubs sign Cody Bellinger or if they don't sign Cody Bellinger, I just want to know if Cody Bellinger is going to be on this team or not. The team will be better with Cody Bellinger on it, in my very biased opinion. But I, I don't want to have I, I don't want to have to think about this team without Cody Bellinger on it. What day is the Super Bowl? I think it's before the Super Bowl. I said two weeks. I, so. I really think before February, but February eleventh will be the Super Bowl. Yeah. So it's always like the first I definitely weekend. think it's before the Super Bowl. Okay. Anyways, uh, so we're still waiting on Belly. Uh, we've got some Nico Horner disrespect to talk about. <laughs> we've got uh, the international signing from this week to talk about a little bit. And we continue our Cubs conversations from Cubs convention. Today, we'll be talking with Jordan Wicks. Well, I like to call the wild thing because of the glasses a little bit. Reminds me of the wild thing. He was fun. I w- we should say this before every one of them. The guys that we talked to, uh, what did we talk to? Five guys total? Mm-hmm. Every one of them. Some of the players you might say, well, this guy's not my favorite player. This guy's not a big enough name. I'll tell you this. The five guys we talked to, you could all get behind them as, man, these seem like really nice guys. There, was, there wasn't a guy that came in with an attitude or what, what am I doing this podcast or anything like all very nice guys. I do think the Cubs roster is full of nice guys. I don't know what that gets you, but it's better than rooting for a team with a bunch of jerks. Remember last year how they really promoted the, you know, having the good guys? They do. Yeah. They do have a lot of good guys. Yeah, I don't I don't think that they lied about that, that's for sure. And I think you feel that uh on social media. I feel I think you feel that in post-game interviews that they've done with Ryan and the rest of the media. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. However, I, I I wouldn't mind a a John Lackey type in the in in this clubhouse or or a John Lester type in this in this clubhouse, right? Some guys got to stand up and be that guy, right? So, I I, I don't know who that guy's gonna be. Maybe it's Dansby. Maybe it is him. He you know he he, he yeah. prides himself on being like the leader. Yeah. Maybe he's that guy, even though he just comes off like the nicest dude. I has w- great I hair. Would say looks great. You may not need John Lackey type. Like I I think there's ways to to be that veteran leader like Dansby. Like when they had Jason Hayward around, like his, his yeah. words held a lot of weight, even if he wasn't playing great baseball. Like his words held a lot of weight. Kyle, like guys like Kyle Hendricks and, and Dansby Swanson, like there's guys in there whose words hold a lot of weight. 
<laughs> without having to I agree. be John Lackey, Lackey-esque, you know? So, I, I mean, but I will say about this clubhouse, and you kind of touched on it, like, you can you can tell the type of person this front office targets, and, and you know, you don't want to just pass up on a great player just because they might not be the most friendly guy to the media, uh, but you can tell they, they, they've targeted a lot of They've targeted guys and have created a group that gel well together, seem to all really like each other, seem to like being around each other. And when you're building that foundation for a winning culture, winning ball club, like having a group, like having that group of guys that enjoy being around each other and enjoy playing with and for each other is like the first step on that. And like, again, you know, if, if, a, great, a really, really good player comes available and he may not just be the, the most friendly, likable guy. You're not going to pass on him just because of that. But um, starting with trying to build this culture the right way, I think I think the Cubs have gone about doing that the right way. And that said, and I'm not trying to stir the top, uh, stir our entire show, but <laughs> a lot of this is why I'm very much against signing Trevor Bauer. Okay. Oh yeah, you don't want Trevor. <laughs> we do. Well, yeah, I, and, you know, I, and I we, say this because people have no, asked Shane's in the chat. Get mad. No. Shane's gonna get mad. People have asked about no, him in the bro. chat all off season, <laughs> and we haven't talked about it. And all I can say is that he wouldn't be good in the clubhouse, and also no other team is out there rushing to get him too. So I'm, I'm, I'm very much against it. And it had, honestly, it's not even all just because of the off the field stuff. It has everything to do with everything before the off the field stuff. Again, I'm all about bringing someone here to be a little bit more hard-nosed, like a John Lester, like a John Lackey type. But I just don't think Trevor Bauer would mix well in this clubhouse. Uh, Alex thinks <laughs> I uh, might on. have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Listen, I'm no Mark Carmen. I have never left a show to go potty. You, uh, this you, is, credit this to is, you. And this is hot tea, not coffee. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Sorry nice guys. Sorry for pissing off the people related to jo- Trevor yeah, Bauer. Yeah, it's okay. Speaking of nice guys, we know Nico <laughs> Horner is one of those nice guys, right? Yeah. Uh He's also a very good second baseman. MLB Network this time of year likes to put out their list, and we like to comment on them because they're fun. Uh, they're top 10 at each position, right? So they do an MLB Network top 10, and they also put it out there and let people vote in a fan vote top 10 at each position. The dispers- disrespect from the fan bases around America to leave Nico Horner off as one of the top second basemen not even in the top 10 in Major League Baseball? That's disrespectful. That's disrespectful. I know he doesn't hit a lot of home runs. What don't you like about him as a baseball player? Now, I look at their list and I say, Mookie Betts, okay, check mark. Sure. Jose Altuve, check mark. Marcus Simeon, probably check mark. Ozzy Albies, check mark. Even Luis Arise, check mark. But after that, 6 through 10, you can't tell me you can't find room for Nico Horner in there? I think that Bryson well, Stott, Cattell Marte, and Hassan Has- Kim belong in there. But then you see Gleyber Torres and Matt McClain. Matt McClain, using the Rookie of the Year chase for the Reds last year, great. But Gleyber Torres isn't – are you, are no, you yeah. telling – I think Nico Horner's better than Gleyber Torres, at the very yeah. least. If you, if you ask me who I would take out of there, I would take Gleyber Torres out there and put Nico Horner in there. Well, this is sort of what I was kind of saying earlier in the season – earlier in the offseason – um, I don't remember exactly when we were talking about Nico, and I was just kind of comparing him to the two second base all stars last year, and Ozzy Albies and Luis Arias. And you know what? He like he he wasn't the hitter that they were, but he was yeah. by far a better defender. Um, finished with higher WAR. Like he's every much on par with those guys, and in his own way, um, as far as 
where he's at in like second base ranking. So like I, where's he in? in did, where's he in F WAR or WAR for second baseman? Last he year was he was the top. Seven? He was like almost five, I think. Yeah, he was. He was the top. So how could he not be in the top baseman. ten? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's that's what I'm trying to say. Is like he's, he's very much up there, and like this is a fan vote, so I don't know. I know the fans don't on. know ball, brother. <laughs> I have a did clue. They, the did fans, they, uh, is that just Cardinal fans pounding the? Uh, maybe, they didn't even vote maybe, for their own guy. I didn't know they had internet. Maybe they did it. <laughs> maybe they did it over the weekend when all the Cubs fans were at Cubs convention <laughs> and weren't, you know, weren't going rushing rushing the polls, so to speak, yeah. to vote for Horn. I don't know, but like Hebert, I, I agree. Should be look, five or six. You look at the six numbers. Six or seven he, at the worst. Yeah, yeah. He, he should totally be on there. And, um, you know, yeah, definitely not at 10. I think he should be higher than that, too. I'll be interested to see where the network's list is at, right, when MLB Network puts it out. If MLB Network puts it out and he's not in the top 10, we're calling Plezak and saying, what's going on over there? (laughs) Legitimate. Yeah, like what's going on? And he'll get a full dose of what I'm like. like. Listen, you two need to be picketing outside your office. Yeah. Because that would be offensive. Right. Yeah, no. No, Again, this is a fan vote. So, again, the fans don't know ball. The fans who voted for this don't know ball. Uh but out of the guys that are out of that list, I don't know if I can put him top five, but he's definitely in the top ten. Because they did all of Correct. baseball. Now, you want to just do National League? I think you can argue him perhaps being in that top five. But in all of baseball, he, he's definitely top ten second baseman in all of baseball. A lot of Way people saying Altuve's Torres. a cheater. I'm sorry, man. Altuve the cheater. Yeah. Whatever. Altuve's the one that does drive me crazy because I look at Nico – and I look at Altuve and I said, I don't understand. I don't understand <laughs> the physics. So small and hits homers. That's yeah. right. That's my thing. Yeah. Why can't Nico hit? I, I don't understand it. He also plays I with know the Crawford it's the boxes. Those Crawford bo- boxes I, help I him I know, too. but like I just, at Houston. if Altuve can hit him, why can't other? It's not like Nico's tiny. Uh, you can argue that Nico is bigger than Jose. Altuve. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I don't know. Again, I, I do think <laughs> the fact that. The Crawford boxes are there for I don't Houston understand the dumb metrics of it. I don't either. That's not my thing. No, no, Barb, it's not a sock shirt. It's a CHGO shirt. Just so you know. Listen, all, one thing I know, fans might know, not know ball, but Barb knows ball. Barb knows ball. We decided that yesterday. Barb knows ball. You, knew, you decided that. I decided that. <laughs> Boy, the, everybody give Barb a break today. No. Barb's here. I uh, gave Barb a break yesterday. I didn't yell at her. Credit to me. I think she was scared of you. She was. She was afraid. There was a comment would. she left, and I got to go back and screenshot it because I want to add it to my folder of funny Barb comments she on my MacBook. But she was afraid you might get mad and start throwing weights around the gym. <laughs> Something like that. Um, yeah, that happened once at the. Paris but this one that Sarah has on our screen right now from two days ago, the one that says, "I'm glad Cody is no longer angry. It's scary when he's angry." Like looking at the devil himself, <laughs> it was one of the is one like of the funniest. The devil is one of the funniest comments I've ever read in the YouTube chat. Honestly, I, I, I honestly want to frame it and like put it on like my wall or next to my nightstand or something. Now, Sarah or <laughs> somebody, we need we need a little Photoshop, a sh- picture of Cody with horns, <laughs> <laughs> a, a pitchfork, horns, and a, like a it'll sharp be, it'll tail be in coming the works. out. It'll happen. Uh, but yes, yes, Nico should be a top ten. When they put out their own list, Nico should easily be in the top 10 of second baseman around the league right now. I agree. I, I think he's earned that. I think, again, defensively, we've talked about, like, I think he has more offensive potential in there. But the fact that he was nearly a five-war player um, with closer to average stats than not, mm-hmm. I, I think you look at him. He, he should be up there on that list for sure. <coughs> well, Excuse he's me. definitely oh, one. Uh, oh, yeah, it's you want to sick out over here. It's never, never gone. To go with that, too, he's – 
has to be if if he's not in general top uh, top five or top, yeah top five second baseman um, or even top ten. He's definitely top two, top three defensive second baseman in in all baseball. Oh yeah, as for well. sure. So you know, whatever. I the fans don't know ball. That's that's what I. That's my decision. Cody could stop a charging elephant. Is today's Barb's quote. <laughs> uh, hey, what did you think of the? The signing of Fernando Cruz, $4 million signing bonus, 17-year-old Dominican shortstop. It's like 80% of their bonus pool the Cubs used on this kid. Uh, The fun fact is, we didn't talk about him the other day when it happened. Fun fact is that he's Starlin Castro's cousin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so far, my favorite part of the Fernando Cruz era was when our fearless leader, Jake Flanagan, came out and talked to me and you about him and was talking about the one video that's on the internet of him swinging. You can Google it. And he was like, I'm seeing Mike Trout in this. Yeah, and I was like, well, it's just it's just a soft toss BP in the Dominican. Yeah, he's like, I see so much Mike Trout in this. I'm like, brother, <laughs> don't let me talk myself he's not into even it. Like a Cubs guy, Jake, right? Yeah, but he he's he yeah, he's not at, even really a Cubs guy. Yeah, so. He looked at it and was like, well, I see but, Mike Trout. That's Mike Trout. Yeah, it's it, on a more. He serious, said Mike Trout mixed with Ian Happ. I believe was the comparison. oh yeah yeah because yeah, of the follow through or whatever. Yeah. Right. Overall, I mean. The Cubs have – they've been getting, like, some of the top international prospects. I mean, Christian Hernandez was the last one. I know he struggled in Myrtle Beach mm-hmm. last year. But he's still so young. There's still some – I haven't given up on him. We haven't talked about him a lot lately because he really did struggle in Myrtle Beach last year. But, you know, the, it just seems like every year they're, they're getting someone that's one of the top international prospects. And, you know – We'll find out in five years because they're all teenagers, yeah. right? Do you like yeah. the philosophy, though? I'm, that's more what I'm curious about. Like, cause we, like you said, we have no idea if a 17-year-old mm-hmm. is going to be worth giving $4 million, but it's not my money anyway. So, right. But if you, have a, if you have $5.1 million roughly in your bonus pool to give out for an international player, would you rather have them go like 80% in on Fernando Cruz, who, by the way, yeah, one of the cooler names. It sounds like he's a star. Mm-hmm. But... Fernando Cruz, would you rather have him give it all to one guy or would you rather him sprinkle a million around and try and get a bunch of guys? Eh, probably probably the one guy. One, the one guy. I, do. I think make up your mind which one you think yeah. it is and, and go all in. Because, and, and it's not just the specific set of international players, it's just any prospect, especially when you're drafting them at such a young age. It's kind of a crapshoot. Like, you don't know who's going to develop the right way. You don't know who injuries may hit in the years leading up to it like, while they're developing. You don't know what these guys are going to be because they're so young and and though they have you know upside and and potential and stuff like that you just never know what the next six ish plus years are going to be for them so i think if you see one guy you really really like that you think had a lot a lot a lot of potential it just makes more sense to go out and get that guy and, and you know fill out the rest of the of the international signings with whoever you can get versus trying to spray it around and hope a bunch of different guys hit i think i think for me, I'd rather go after a guy, get, give more of the money to a guy that we really, really believe in versus trying to sprinkle it around. And someone in the chat said something about having too many shortstops or whatever. Yeah, I'll let that oh, yeah, he says work. Cubs are the It'll best at finding international shortstop prospects. The problem is you can't have 11 shortstops on your team. Best the thing athlete. is, is like you can trade them. For Not even that. Or you, you can, can move them anywhere. Or move them around because they're short, athletes. Yeah. Right? That's, that's, that's the more... 
I think that's the more thing you want to be. That's more of the reason why you want to be just signing a bunch of shortstops because you can move them basically anyway. Yeah. He, I mean, ju- he just turned 17 yeah. in like November. So how many guys in Major League Baseball were the shortstop on their high school team? Probably quite a few. Right. Because the, best, the best guy in the team usually ends yeah. up over at short at some yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, he probably won't be in low A until In five years, years who now, knows right? what this like, roster looks like. Shit. You know? 2030. Maybe it opens just up for him. Maybe 2030. Fernando Cruz, get on board. I'm going to be almost 40, bro. Eek. I don't want to think about that. Yeah. I, know. I was, look, I was know, looking at this, and it, it was the specific rules for guys who can sign in this signing period. Mm-hmm. The player has to be born between September 1st, 2006 and August 31st, 2007. That makes me feel old. And I'm not even old. I'm 27. That school, makes me man. feel old. I was in high school. I was in middle school. Wow. What was the year? Uh, September 1st, 2006 through August 31st, 2007. I was in first grade. <laughs> Sarah was in first grade. Oh, come on, Stuck, Sarah. Stucky was already with Comcast re- Sportsnet. Oh, yeah. A couple yeah. Of year, I was already a couple years in. <laughs> yeah. So, again. I was starting contract number two. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, look forward to watch him go through the system. I, I What, he'd probably be in rookie ball next year, right? I'd assume. So, uh, yeah, if they bring him stateside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if they even he bring could, him stateside. He could stay out yeah. in the Dominican League, but yeah, um, yeah, I mean, depending. I, I would say, like I said, I don't – he probably wouldn't be in, like, even low A for another couple of years at least yeah. before they, they, they have him going through, like, those levels. So it got some time to see him, what he can actually do as he starts it's gotten his, easier. his journey, you know. It's gotten easier to be able to check into, like, minor league baseball, like, triple A, double A, even, like, low A and high A. But, like, if you're a real baseball nerd and a real, like, prospect guru, like, how, how, if I was so intrigued, like, how would I even be able to watch any of Fernando Cruz in the Dominican or, like... In 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 the in the even lower levels, like I feel like there isn't a easy way to be able to do that. Am I am I wrong on that? Like I I think I would I think I would be a little bit more excited about it if I just knew that oh I can go to this website and right. watch it and see what he is right like somebody I, in the I chat literally said they have won't. a video all I have is a video of him swinging the one Mike, that Jake Mike Trout esque yeah apparently. somebody in the crew said they've like, seen him play uh, Dustin know. says. Saw a ton of crews during the summer last season. Kid is legit. Should be stateside by 2025, possibly in South Bend by yeah. end of 2025, if not early 2026. So that's, that's kind of where I okay. Where I said like credit couple to Dustin. Years. I've only seen the video that Jay and all I thought was Mike Trout. Basically, basically <laughs> Dustin agrees with me. Yeah. It's nice to be agreed with for once because didn't get that a whole lot during the season. <laughs> hey, today is Wednesday, which means Wild Thought Wednesday. I I saw somebody saying bring back Solaire. He's still out there, Jorge who'd Soler. Who who you see? Say I don't. That? I don't remember. You know, there's just graphics up on the internet. Graphics, yeah, you just the internet. People. I talking. can't tell you if it's a real thing or not a real thing anymore. Mm. It's just uh, it was on the internets, <laughs> and uh, I, the I I saw Soler and I thought, okay, let's make it our Wild Thought Wednesday. Who's up for Jorge Soler back in a Cubs uniform? I'm all for it. I just don't think it's necessary to spend that type of money. When you have Morel, when you have yeah. Wisdom, when you have Canario potentially. I mean, I think that's it. They do unless, need power. Unless you're planning he's on, more proven on shipping. Oh, yeah, he's more proven power than anybody yeah. there. Unless you're planning on shipping out Morel, which I don't, I don't know if the Cubs could be. That could be in the works. Who knows? But 
Um, I, as, as for what the roster stands at right now, um, yeah, he gives you a lot of power. We know that. We've seen it. But the fit, I mean, he, he would be DH only pretty much, especially on this team, um, unless injuries were to happen. So, um, yeah, how much do you want to invest on, on your DH-only guy when you do have a guy like Morrell who's cheaper, cost-controlled for a few more years? Uh, we know the offensive potential. So, yeah, I, I, he's – again, we've seen we've seen the power. We, he's 36 taters last year. Yeah, and he had yeah. – how many the, the year before or the year before that? Like, he's – Well, he hit, Since he's been gone, I think he's been 28 hitting. or something like that the year before, but two years ago it was the like 49, I think. Right? Four, I think he almost hit 50. Yeah, yeah. 50, he hit 50. Yeah, 48 and 2019 with the Royals. He strikes out and he hits home runs. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, like I said, he would. Struck out 178 times that season. He'd add power to the team. There's no question about that. But you might see a lot less Christopher Morrell. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It would take opportunities away from Morrell unless Morrell can stick at a position in the field, which is what we talked about the other day. Like, it just hasn't happened yet. So, you'd, you'd definitely be taking away opportunities for morale to play every day and again like i think i think if you're the cubs you're probably looking at you'd rather have the cost controlled young developing player who has had already pretty good success at the major league level i think you'd rather go that route than yeah. going out inside morale or um Soler. alex wants to know if i'm still making my i like my taters mashed mervis <laughs> Uh, they're on hold right now. They're still being printed. <laughs> yeah. They're still being printed. I uh, Actually, not being printed. They're still on hold. <laughs> Soler was pretty solid last year outside of the homers. and He walked almost 12% of his plate appearances. Strikeout rate actually went down significantly compared to 2022. His way runs created was 26% above league average. You know, but he, like, he is DH. Or bust. Like, that's it. Yeah. If he doesn't hit, then you're going to get absolutely nothing out of him. And in 2022, he really wasn't that good. So, he's going to be he's gonna be entering his age 32 season, which, you know, there's still a lot left in there, I'm sure. I also am wondering, would he even want to come back to the Cubs? Just because I, when I think of Jorge Soler at the Cubs, I'm like, <laughs> I just think about April and how yeah. this guy just could Wrapped not up, stand yeah. being here. <laughs> Wrapped up like the kid from Christmas Story walking yeah. like... <laughs> so personally, I don't necessarily think it's like a wild thought. Like it, in some aspects, makes sense. The team needs more power, but he's a right-handed bat. If he was left-handed, yeah. I would change my mind. Yeah, if he was left-handed, left-handed I'd be a little bit I'd more be, into it. Oh yeah, just to add more depth, I guess. But like Barb said, they have uh, Morell and Bush, and they're cheaper and they're younger, and there's a lot more upside with that. So I mean, I'm. This is a. This is a move. This is a signing that I could see them doing if they did trade Christopher Morrell. A follow-up yeah, yeah. move. Yeah, I think that. I think if they trade Christopher Morrell and some prospects to Cleveland or Seattle or wherever Miami. the Marlins, then I could see the Cubs being a, more interested in a guy like Soler to fill the yeah. role that Morrell had. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, th- I think, and I would agree that if you were to trade Morrell it would make Solaire much more of a realistic option for roster fit-wise. Mm-hmm. But the way it's set up right now, it just it, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like they would add a Solaire without making another move that probably would include Morell. Mm-hmm. All right, two, point. two friends of the show have ideas. Jake Bunowski says, convinced Morell's still going to be part of a uh, trade. Maybe the Class A talk. J.D. Martinez brings steady power and contact the DH. 
I'm okay. I'm uh, okay. I All said right. JD Martinez a couple yeah. weeks ago. And Mike Dude, Mike Dub says, "Hear me out. What if we trade trade for Luis Arise? Play him at third. Is that good enough for Wild Thought Wednesday? That is. What are you trading to get him? Yeah. What are you trading to get him? <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, like, guy who, isn't Luis Arise <laughs> more of a singles hitter too? Like, yeah. like yeah. you need more power at third base. Like. If you put Luis Arias at third, it's like okay, maybe a better version of Nick Madrigal. Like I'm not, I'm not into Luis Arias personally. He hits, but it's not like he's. I mean, he would there. He's a guy that pushed for 400 for a very long time. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it was last season, was it? Was he's it the year before? again. He's I for the position years, that he yeah, plays. Before, for the position that he plays, he brings a lot of value. But we're talking about third base right now, so I, I'm, I'm not into it. Gary says Morrell for Lazardo. Yeah. Wild Thought Wednesday. I saw that Ron had one suggesting that if they sign, I believe Belly, that we should have a pizza party with Wayne's Pizza. Oh. Oh. Okay. You have to right. talk to Mike Talkman about that. I pick him up. I don't know if I keep him warm long enough. Was uh, related to Morrell for Lazardo, like Gary's bringing up. Did you guys see my tweets related to trading Morrell to Cleveland? I did. You just got more and more insane, right? Is yeah. That, that was the okay. Goal? What's, okay. What, what was your the, deal? What was so your wild it's, thought it's Wednesday? Start, it started with Morrell and James Triantos and Alexander Canario for uh-huh. Emmanuel Classe and Jose Ramirez. Okay. Oh. All right. Yeah. And now, and okay, and I'll just go through it. Then seems after like, that, seems Adam, like they Sarah might want even more. Okay. Then even more than that. It's on. It's on my page. Oh, okay, yeah, you're on yeah. my page. All right, you're, you're you're you're. It's right there, Sarah. Yes, credit you to you. And then after everyone's like, yes, 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 absolutely. No one would do this. They wouldn't do this, but yes. <laughs> I was like, okay. I feel like I need to add more. Okay. And scroll up a little bit, Sarah. And so scroll you up. so scroll you added up. a line eye basketball. There you go. There you you go. traded uh, a line eye. Right show more replies. Hit the show more replies. Oh, there you go. There you go. Technology. Uh, scroll down. Oh, there you go. Then, to scroll so then I added Cody's Kevin mentions. Alcantara with Morel, <laughs> Triantos, Alexander Car- Canario for Jose Ramirez and Emmanuel Clase, and everyone still said that we th- this isn't enough. Oh, here so I see. So then deep, deep I was like, I yeah. Then I was like, okay, Morel, Ben Brown, Kevin Alcantara, James Triantos, and Alexander Canario for Jose Ramirez and Emmanuel Clase. And I think a little bit more people were coming, were, were starting we're to like, disagree. Uh, but now you're throwing in. But there were still like no, <laughs> like the, that 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 the that that the guardians still would say no. So then I, it was the same no thing. Yes. So then the very last one was all those same guys with Nico Horner, and then I started to get some no's. Right, right. So yeah. it was like it was a wild thought, like. Listen, I still think you only trade Morel if you're getting a star player in return. I think some people think like the re- the reason that I started with Morel and Triantos and Canario for Ramirez and Class A was my maybe maybe I value Morel more than a lot of people, or I I think there's a lot of value there. But also, it's like I'm thinking about the Guardians and the way that they operate, the way that they think, and it's like. Ramirez on the wrong side of 30. He's been great. He was a five-war player last year. He's still producing. Class A, we talked about a little bit last year or a little bit yesterday. Like, he kind of wasn't the best last year. Right, but he's still yeah. young and he's on a great deal. And he's not – you're not – You're giving up Nico now too. Right. Well, again, this is where I – this is why I started with just those three guys, uh-huh. Morel, Triantos, and Canario, because it's like, you know, I, I – I'm thinking about the Guardians and how they operate, and they don't want to pay anyone. 
So that's the reason I started like that. Then I started adding more people. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not going to trade Horton or PCA in that in that deal. And that's probably to maybe not include so many people. You're probably going to have to include one of those guys. But I personally wouldn't do it. So that that's my wild thought. Wednesday is is something for those two because that solves a lot of problems. <laughs> We're going to call, uh, call him Cody Del Trado. Yeah, I, and I would say that was maybe not a wild thought Wednesday. You did it on Tuesday. I would say that's more trolling Tuesday. Mm. You were trolling some response. Hey, if you're not, not following Cody on no, Twitter, I, that, I, there's an example of why I sent those morning. tweets today. Yeah, he had, Oh, so oh, it was yeah, a wild thought Wednesday. Wild. Yeah. I thought you did it late last night, no, no, which no, was this trolling was the, Tuesday. I, I was uh, sending these tweets while I was on the, the bike this morning. Well, maybe we'll have Dreamer Thursday tomorrow. A lot of people want to throw out their crazy ideas. <laughs> Gary Ross says, Bruce Levine reporting the Guardians want Horton plus another prospect just for Class A. Go yeah. pound sand. Yeah, I'm not trading Horton for no. a closer. No. It wasn't very you know, reliable yeah. at times last year. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what you can rely on at all times, and that is game time, Ryan. Yeah, game time's great. I've, I've used game time many times uh, since they you know, kind of came on with us and like that includes going to an Eric Church concert down in Tinley Park. What's that? What's that? The Hollywood Amphitheater, Amphitheater. Hollywood Amphitheater whatever yeah. it's called. That's the great uh, lawn. You want to go see a concert there? The it's, lawn it's awesome. is the best. Yeah. Uh, but I went down there. I think that was in August. Uh, and then, um, you know, recently went to a show, a concert. Um, and you know, I, I know a lot of people have used it. A lot of my friends have used it to, uh, go to a lot of bulls games, you know, those bulls look at Sarah's got, uh, if you're, if you're not watching, the YouTube, if you're on the podcast, our great producer Sarah's pulled up the prices for Bulls tickets, including Saturday. Is that Saturday the 20th? Bulls Grizzlies. They still play, huh? <laughs> they still play games. Um, they still, do, yeah. in fact, play b- basketball games. But yeah, you get look at look at this look at this view. Look at this view. Look oh. at all the seats that are available for these amazing Bulls games, especially after that Ring of Honor ceremony. Jerry oh, Reinsdorf yeah. is applauding you so much right now, Ryan. <laughs> I don't think Thelma's um, coming back. But yeah, but if you're gonna go to that Bulls game, <laughs> you should go to Game Time and get your tickets there. Shouldn't have to worry when, when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Um, some of the things I like about the Game Time app, it's got last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And you can actually get views from all the seats in the venue, so if you don't, know exactly where that seat is going to be in whatever arena or ballpark or concert venue, whatever it is, you can actually get the view of whatever you need to look at when you go on the Game Time app. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. 
Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Peter in the live YouTube chat says Tim Anderson's next gig will be getting knocked out by Jake Paul. And then Sarah screenshot it and sent it straight to the White Sox, like a Slack channel in our for our company. Uh, <laughs> listen, like Sarah out here trolling. Wow. Tax returns will be coming in a little while. You know, people get there. Hopefully get a nice fat tax return. Use some it. of that on game time. Use some of that maybe uh, Circus Sportsbook. Or maybe you want to get some new flooring. Maybe all, hey, maybe you're lucky and you're getting all three, right? Empire today, you get to shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a low price guarantee. Now, they keep shopping for floors simple. Basically, what they do is they get rid of all the junk. They don't want you having bad stuff in your house, so they only give you the best products. And then they have the virtual floor designer. So you can see how those new floors, all you have to do is snap a picture and instantly see how those new floors might look in your room or space. Now they pride themselves at that con- with that convenient shop at home service. They also service their own warranties, which is huge. If something does go wrong, you don't have to track down the manufacturer. Empire is going to take care of it themselves. Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive, wait for it, wait for it a $350 discount when they use the promo code C-H-G-O. The four most important letters in the alphabet. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash C-H-G-O for details. Our buddy Brendan Miller at Brendan underscore Cubs 34 minutes ago tweeted, in 28 days, pitchers and catchers report You'll blink, and it'll be 21 days, then 14 days, then the guys will start showing up in Mesa, then seven days, and then baseball will be back for the next eight months. Easy for him to say from California. Yeah, very easy for him to say yeah. right now. <laughs> While he's having an egg white omelet in California with a avocado toast, probably. With that kind of hair? Yeah, that's oh, what he's yeah. definitely that's doing. He keeps a nice sheen on it, the avocado yeah. toast, probably. Yeah. So time to pick up our Cubs conversations. Uh, yesterday, we talked to Mike Talkman. Mm-hmm. We aired that talk one. To talk to uh, Ryan and I had a chance to talk to Jordan Wicks, which was a lot of fun. Uh, where he fits in this whole thing, I guess we're going to find out. He's yeah. certainly in the competition for that fifth starter spot, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, let's see. Let's, pick, let's play part one, Sarah, of our interview with Jordan Wicks. Then we'll talk about it, and we'll bring you uh, part two here in just a little bit. Excited to have Cubs pitcher Jordan Wicks with us. And uh, first of all, thank you for stopping by and talking to us. Uh, when you go through college and you're pitching and you get drafted and you're trying to develop yourself as a pitcher, what is the major league debut like? Because obviously we saw the results. We saw all the strikeouts and it was historic. But what is the experience like for you? Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Um, you know, the biggest thing for me was just I wanted to – be able to have the people there that played you know a huge impact in my life and getting there um and so we had a we had a big group um that came in you know and i i extremely appreciated them making that trip all the way they made that moment even more special for me um had tons of family coming in um so just being able to be around them and you know share it with a lot of the people that made such a huge impact on me was what made it like as special as it was um obviously getting to share that moment with the guys and the teammates they were incredible they made it you know worthwhile and so you know, just it was a dream come true. And and with that, like outside of like that, 
the whole month that you were up outside of even just some individual success um just how do you feel like that month really benefited you at this point in your career yeah i think the biggest thing you know because i always wanted to you know when i kind of like mapped out my career in a way i kind of thought okay you know the spring of 24 is something where i want to come in and kind of compete for a job that's kind of where i realistically thought you know okay this could be you know because you think last year you get up double a triple a and then come into spring training this year, hopefully with a big league invite and, you know, do all that stuff. But then getting to have that time up in the bigs already, it just gives you that, com- that comfort of, okay, this is what it's like. This is what works there. This is what doesn't work. Um, and just being able to have that familiarity going to the offseason shows you, you know, okay, this is what I need to work on in the offseason. This is what I um, was good at and need to build off of. And this is what I need to, like, kind of figure out. And where actually did that – you mentioned how you – you know, thought maybe spring 24 was the realistic one. When did you first kind of get an indication like uh, September 2023 might actually be realistic? And did that drive you even more throughout the season? Yeah, I think it, it became realistic about like halfway to through my time in, in AAA. Um, because, you know, if you looked at like most of the time last year. I didn't think last year was realistic that much because you had a pitching staff that was pitching so well for, you know, the first three-fourths of the year and you know everybody was staying healthy which is awesome it's really what you you know that's obviously what you want out of the pitching staff but you know then you run into injuries which injuries do happen it's part of the game you know it's built in there um and so you know whenever that happens a lot of it's about you know who's pitching the best at the right time you know we had a couple injuries in iowa we had you know a couple in the big leagues and so you know something that looked so far away when i first got to triple a all of a sudden was like you know i might be the next guy up here um and so you know just being able to have that and it really just kind of motivated me those last couple outings to just keep going keep going just keep plugging away um and i just felt you know really close have you seen the movie hoosiers mm-hmm. you know you know the, the scene where he's like oh look at the baskets the same distance the gyms it's all the same di-. so so what in your seven starts did you say okay this is the same as when i pitched at k-state this is the same as when i pitched in the minors and what did you get back afterwards in the offseason look and go, well, I didn't expect that. That was different. Yeah. So the big thing for me where I really kind of like settled in and realized that like it was the same game I'd been playing this whole entire time was, you know, about that first inning in Pittsburgh toward the end of the first inning where we punched the side to get out of it. And we just, you know, things weren't working real well to start, which was fine. Um, and then we just started throwing change ups. You know, we went back to the bread and butter and we just went back to what our strengths were. And, you know, they gave me a lot of confidence. Like, OK, you know, we got this established. We got out of that inning. And now once we found that groove a little bit, we started to expand to other things. So on the cutter, throwing the sinker, you know, throwing the curveball, this sort of stuff. Um, so just being able to have that bread and butter to go back to was huge because it, you know, it just allowed me to settle in, allowed me to get that comfort. Yeah. And, and were, did you, you're able to settle in and, and, and get comfortable, obviously, but was there anything you had to change um, quickly after that first start or at the first couple of starts that you're like, Maybe what was going, what was working in AAA may not be working as as well in the majors. I gotta adjust a little bit. Yeah, I feel like we, I feel like we threw the cutter a little bit more in the bigs. Um, you know, and that was a lot of credit to Tommy and and the catcher coming and saying like, "Hey, I really think we can have a lot more success with this." And I, I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." So we really started to get an emphasis on that. And um, you know, I let the new year pass, um, not going back and watching anything. But once the new year came around, I started doing, you know, going back and watching my outings, doing my film study from last year. Um, I've been watching a lot of Cole Hamill's film this offseason, a guy that throws, you know, sinker, cutter, four seam like I do. Um, watch some Lester from when he would throw sinker, cutter, and four seam. Um, you know, a guy like Cliff Lee. It's hard to Cliff Lee a lot in the offseason. He still lives back home. Um, and so just being able to have those resources and just kind of 
almost expanding like my baseball knowledge and the study of the game was huge for me. Something I wanted to do before heading into spring training. Um, and I think we've, we've accomplished a lot of that. Those are some pretty great names uh, for major league baseball who on the current team, if anybody, do you kind of lean on for advice, whether it's in between starts or wherever? Yeah. You know, Kyle, Kyle was big for me. Um, when I came up, you know, he's such an, such an outstanding guy, such an outstanding teammate. You know, he told me, he said, you know, I will help you any way you need. Like you can ask me anything, don't worry about it. And so I always liked sitting next to guys like Kyle, JMO helped me a lot too. Um, talking to him and then obviously getting to Steely. And the biggest thing for me was I just loved getting to watch Steely go about and do his business, you know, and really kind of come into his own last year, um, which was awesome to be there and just witness and be a part of it, um, which was great. And so I, I loved getting to do that. Um, and so, yeah, just, you know, getting to pick the brains of those guys and be around them, watch them do their day in day out stuff was, was some of my favorite stuff. A lot of people talking about how he looks out of uniform, right? Like, mm -hmm. do I think he looks older than 24 in person? Yes. But and I don't think he's the guy in the bar that you pick on and well, it would be a mistake. He's a big guy. Yeah. He is a big yeah. guy. It's the glasses, though. It's the glasses. It's the wild thing. It's the Arkansas accent. Yeah. It's all of it. I, I like him, and I like that he's willing to bug Kyle Hendricks. Oh, and, and bug's not the right word because Kyle Hendricks doesn't care, but reach out to Kyle Hendricks and kind of pick his brain over and over. And even guys like Cliff Lee, that's somebody I'd never even Lester, thought of about. Yeah. Cole Hamels, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah all, all good well, guys. Like, like Cliff Lee, he, he mentioned being able to talk to him all offseason. Yeah. It's, both from Arkansas, so like that's a major resource, especially when you know, I, I guess you consider like, oh, they're both lefties or whatever. But like a guy who had a lot of success, a sustained big league career, in um, Cliff Lee, and, and being able to pass that knowledge on to, to Jordan Wicks, and it's like, and we've talked about it in different ways, right? Just getting different. We've talked about it in different aspects of like the Cubs, but like just having different outside voices or different views or whatever, getting different set of eyes. So it was like. Whereas Jordan Wicks has all this information he's gotten from the Cubs and his teammates and whoever else in the organization, now he can also go out and talk to someone like Cliff Lee, who's no involvement with the Cubs organization, is a guy who can, who who has a lot of knowledge of baseball, of pitching at the major league level, can watch Jordan Wicks' starts and give him clear, fresh advice that he may not be getting from the people in the Cubs organization. So I think all those reasons are are huge um, for a guy like Jordan who's who's obviously, you know, was in the big leagues for a month, had a pretty solid month, but really is still kind of breaking his way at the, into the big leagues. I don't know if you guys talked to him about this, but he mentioned this in one of the panels. I want to say it was the pitching one, but he revealed in that panel that he was a kicker in college or in high school. Like well, high school he does kicker. look, he does look like he could play football. No yeah. question about it. Somebody in the chat said he looks, I think it was Alex said uh, something about a science teacher. Yeah, there yeah, is. Yeah, no, that's 100%. Bit. Uh Best all right, part of All right, guys, let's get out your Bunsen burners, turn them on and get the get the large beaker out, please. We're about to do an <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, know? I I, I, I sure. we'll When he said that. that though at the convention uh, in the panel, I was like thinking, man, imagine this guy on an NFL field with those glasses and being a kicker, I think he'd be he's one of the most. He'd be one of the most popular kickers in the league. <laughs> Clark, he's, he's got Clark Kent. He's got yeah. Wild Thing. Yeah, he's got all that. He seems he seems very like easy to root for. 
That's so true. speaking of Hendricks, Hendricks, Hendricks is the guy who at Cubs convention said, sitting next to him, uh, you know, this, this could be the next John Lester. And he also said it, you know, about Justin Steele too, which was a fan question. Do you think, what, what do you think the ceiling is for, for Jordan Wicks? I think this year it's interesting because he could absolutely build off of what he did at the end of last season. Yeah. And be the at you know a great number five starter or number four starter for him, or he could be in a bullpen. Ro- maybe maybe he he turns into a bullpen role and Assad wins the job. I think the competition is going to be great at spring training. I guess for me, I think the ceiling is like you know number three in the rotation. Like that's the very peak. I think I think he'll be a very valuable arm for the Cubs while under control and if you know if he doesn't play his entire career with the Cubs he'll go off and be exactly what he's been he's probably going to be with the Cubs as in just a a really good depth arm that will eat innings and just knows exactly how to go out there and give you quality outings and like that that's one of the reasons I think the Cubs took him in the draft is because he was a lot already pretty polished and you you felt like you knew what you're going to get out of him I think he could be a higher ceiling if maybe he could throw a little bit harder. But, you know, I could be wrong. Maybe yeah. it's higher than that. But I think a fair ceiling to say right now after one month in the majors is, you know, like a three. Well, so. I think that's, that's you know, looking having obviously seen him pitch in the big leagues um, and, and in the minor leagues a little bit and then looking at different scouting reports and stuff. Like, I think middle of the road, like solid middle of the rotation is – Maybe maybe in between ceiling and floor. I think I think his floor is, is very high because he doesn't like it's like he's not a velocity guy, so that's not going to change with with things. Like he's a very his lo, his location. He's a good locator. Um, yeah, obviously the changeup's good. Four seam sinker cutter. Um, he's got a good mix of pitches, and I think I think it's all about the the command and control that he has on the uh, when he pitches. And I think a lot of scouts have seen that and think he may not, yeah, he may not overpower guys. He may never reach like anything like ace level, but like to expect a solid middle of the rotation arm is like that, that, that could be the expectation for Jordan Wicks just based on um, the potential a lot of people see in him. Like, again, it's obviously up to him to, to do that, but um, what he's shown at the, at various levels and, and development and, and moving up the system that that's, kind of where people are looking at like this guy could be a really good middle of the rotation guy for this team highest draft pick ever out of k-state we're gonna have more with jordan wicks coming up in a second hey are you guys in the market for a new vehicle here in 2024 if you are we've got some great news for you our partner ray chrysler dodge jeep and ram in fox lake is starting their ray resolution with the start of something new sales event and you know what that means You'll be able to shop incredible savings on every new vehicle in stock because they want to clear out the lot to make room for those brand new 2024 vehicles. For a limited time, get up to $9,000 off on new Jeep models with their dealer discount. And that's not all. Shop their last call on remaining 2023 Dodge Challenger and Charger models, including Hellcats, Scat Packs, and more. Dodge is the most powerful muscle car brand, so you don't want to miss out on their last call with over 20 Dodge muscle cars to choose from. At Ray's CDGR, you're always able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories, drive home with more money in your pocket than you'd ever expect, thanks to the Ray Price Promise. Don't miss out. Shop great deals all month long and save big because Ray's CDGR makes buying a new vehicle more affordable than ever. 
Our fans can get a free oil change when you mention CHGO at the service center or mention CHGO when you book online at racecdjr.com slash service. But you have to schedule that before the 31st of the month. If you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they are the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. All right, part two with Jordan Wicks. Yeah, I, thought, I, I thought that I was supposed to read an ad. Yeah, there. No, no, no. I was like, are we, are we missing? There was an also ad? a pause for our podcast listeners, but that's oh. another story. I'm, I'm before we get to Jordan Wicks. I, I don't know. People were talking about Amir Garrett Thank and Javi Baez in the in the chat, and I'm like, why? But that's just the story about the YouTube chat. Yeah, yeah. It just goes off the rails sometimes. It's just like that's we, right. Sometimes we don't check in for a little bit, and then we look, and it's like, uh, oh, what's yeah. happening here? Yeah. All right, part two with Jordan Wicks. Uh, Ryan and I pick it up talking about. Uh, how he found out the Cubs were switching from David Ross to Craig Council, which I think is uh, an interesting response. So here you go. Yeah. You know, obviously the, the offseason started pretty with a pretty shocking move. Um, you know, Craig Council getting hired. Um, what what kind of what were you doing? Where were you at? Like, what was your reaction when uh, you got that news? Yeah, I was I was driving back from the gym. Um, and I was in my, in my truck and just pulled into the house, sat down on the couch, just started opening up Twitter. And, you know, you get on, you get stuck on Cubs Twitter, um, which in the off season is something where I'm like, I'm not really wanting to be on Cubs Twitter. It's the off season, you know? And so I said, go there, Jordan. But I mean, the Cubs Twitter was going nuts and I'm like, well, something must've happened. And I look and I saw it and I went, Oh my. And so it's funny because people always ask me, they're like, you know, when did you know? And I'm like, I found out on Twitter like everybody else did. You, you know, I, had, after I found out <laughs> after everybody else. I was late to the party. People were texting me and I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I look it up. I'm like, oh, that's what they're talking about. OK, no, but it was yeah, it was a, a pretty surprising move. Um, you know, all the respect in the world to Rossi. I, I really enjoy getting to play for him. He's the ultimate professional. Um, he encouraged me a lot when I was up there and I can't thank him enough for that. Um, and, you know, I'm excited for this next uh next era with Craig I'm, I'm excited to kind of see the differences because um, it'll be you know got about a month up there with Rossi seeing how he does things um, and so yeah I'll be interested in what the differences are and I got to talk to him yesterday um, got to meet him and you know he's an he's an outstanding guy and I'm, I'm excited for spring training where's this team at where, where are you guys at in the climb to trying to being the next great Cubs team I think I think there's a lot of promise in this team um, I think we've got a really interesting blend of some guys that are veteran guys. You know, you talk about Happer, you know, Nico's still super young, but he seems like a veteran guy. You know, he's been around so long and just how he carries himself. You got Dansby, you got, you know, Kyle, obviously. You got all these guys. And then you've also got the guys that are emerging, right? So, like, guys like last year that, you know, performed like they, you know, like they never have. You talk about guys that have penned like Alzale, Merriweather, Leiter Jr., all these guys. and you know, there's a there's a lot of young talent, too. So I think it's very exciting. Um, <clears throat> I think it'll be interesting at the beginning of the year, just kind of what, you know, some of the battles look like, some of the positional battles. But I think, you know, the camaraderie in the team, there's a lot of gelling, like a lot of us get along really well. We were all really excited to get here and be together again. Um, and so, yeah, I'm excited for the team. I think, you know, the um, the Bush and Almonte move is a really exciting, a um, lot of potential type of move. Um, and I'm really excited to get out to spring training and, and see what those guys can do. And with, you know, obviously the, the Shota Imanaga signing the other yep. day, um, being someone that's, you know, 
a candidate for a rotation spot in spring, injecting him into that mix. Um, I don't know. What do you, what, what excites you about that? What do you think that could bring to you guys? I'm excited to get to watch, you know, another left-handed pitcher do his, you know, do his thing. Um, and especially a guy that it's, it's such an interesting move too. Cause you really, like, I really don't know much about him because you know, you don't, you don't see much about him. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to get to see him like pitch live, um, and what it looks like and how he does stuff. And, because it's such like a cultural difference, you know, in Japan, like I'm, I'm really interested, like how different he does things just from like his day to day stuff. Um, and so I'm really excited to see that. I, th- I thought it was a really good move um, from the front office standpoint, you know, bringing in a guy like that. I think it, you know, gives a lot of a lot of edge to our you know rotation. And I knew there was going to be a competition coming into spring training for the job. Like I knew I was going to have to compete for it. You know, I'm not the one who's going to sit here and feel like you know, I'm entitled to anything because you're not. It's a competition, and I love that. It's an iron sharpens iron type of deal, and it's the it's best thing for a ball club. I love that because that's – I feel like we, we've heard for years that pitching is where this next wave – not that there aren't great position players coming too, but there's a lot of pitching in the pipeline coming up. And, and do you feel like even going back to minor league time that you guys have kind of pushed each other in that way, but in a good way? Oh, absolutely. I th- I thought we've, you know, I've been a part of some really good staffs coming up, you know, and we've we've added some good pieces too. So, you know, just being able to have that depth and you've also, I think, got an interesting, you know, swing of guys to where like they could start, they also could pitch out of the bullpen. You know what I mean? So it's like, you, it gives you some flexibility there with the staff. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the most interesting things I think is going to be this season is, um, or at least that I saw down the stretch was, uh, was Nesky out of the bullpen. I mean, the guy was bumping 98 in Atlanta at the end of the year. And I'm like, holy cow. I'm like, this guy's going to be pitching in the eighth inning if he ain't starting. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just, I love getting to see him kind of gain that confidence out of the pen because, you know, I know it was an adjustment for him. Like I talked to him all the time. He's one of my good buddies. Um, and so I feel like down the stretch last year, he really kind of, you know, I don't want to say figured it out because that's such a cliche term, but I mean, like he kind of did, you know, he got into like almost like his relieving groove a little bit. And I got to see him do that. And I, and I thought it was really cool. And, you know, talk, that's talking about the future, but fans want to know now, 2024, what's happening. When you look at this team, when you look at the guys in that clubhouse, guys that may be coming in, um, you know, what, what should fans expect from the Chicago Cubs in 2024? Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a team with a lot of energy, um, a lot of energy, a lot of camaraderie. Um, and you know, I think we're, I think we're really one or two moves away from really being a special team. Um, you know, you talk, you hear Jen them talk about it all weekend. You know, they want to add some bats, um, and I'm a pitcher. I don't know enough about that to really make that much of a difference. I can, you know, I can tell you, I'm offense is never a bad thing. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, but yeah, I think you know, adding a bat like that, you know, like a belly or something like that would be would be awesome. Do you still well, wish you could hit? Do you, do, you, do you wish the DH no. or do you like the DH? I love the DH. I do not want to get in the box. <laughs> I watch these dudes start throwing 95, 98, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm I'm good. You're good to be on the other side yeah, of that. Yeah, I'll sit in the dugout. I'm fine. What do you like to do when you're off? When you're not working out, going to the gym, and getting those things done, what, what do you like to uh, – what do you like to do when you're just being you? Yeah, I play a lot of, um, a lot of video games when I'm home, um, online with some of my friends and stuff like that um we'll host like little poker nights at the house where it's just you know me and my buddies because I, I love doing that because we can all sit down all talk you know have some fun we normally do it you know watching thursday night football or something like that um just anything i can do with some of my friends back home and just hang out and just be around the guys is, is something i love to do 
and now it's uh it's officially back to business or in a couple weeks it is i know i'm i'm excited we are too thanks for coming by we appreciate it uh hopefully we do this maybe do this during the season what do you think yeah every Stop year by, just, talk. Let, just let me know all right let me know whenever good. thanks jordan awesome thanks for having me i would like to talk to him during the season he's like i said right. at the beginning Everybody we talked to there was a, a good guy, open to conversation. None of it was, you know, it never felt like they didn't want to be there. You always want anybody you're talking to to be an engaged conversation, and he absolutely was. Um, I like the stuff of what he said about Wes yeah. I know he said it's one of his buddies, but I, I think some people kind of forget about Wes a little bit. And, yeah, and Even I have. Just because some of the right? struggles he had last year. Right? But, I think but he's, he's a young guy. Yeah, he's yeah, still he's definitely young. in that rotation mix right like i think one of the things that really hurt him was not being able to get lefties out consistently for sure and if he can figure out because like you know adbert adbert figured out that that was his issue then he really figured that out if wasneski can figure that out and do that consistently he could be right back into that rotation mix i think i think that would be absolutely huge for him yeah i mean uh my thing with Jordan Wicks is this feels like one of the first times you got to see a little bit of personality come mm-hmm. out from him. You know, you, I'm, you didn't really know a lot about him, mm-hmm. right? Like kind of get the gist of what kind of guy this he is, you know, and it, to me, he's going to be easy to root for. So yeah, absolutely. And, and the white jacket, what a bold choice after, you know, mm-hmm. Labor Day. Yeah. He comes rolling up during a blizzard and is like, look at me in my white jacket. Yeah. He one of not those afraid. People. He's a trendsetter. You're one of those people can't wear white after. Nah, I don't day. care. Look at the, you know. Yeah, I mean, Wicks and I are understated. I just I got a little Travis Matthew logo on my hat. You know, Alex thinks <laughs> no. it's a plain hat. No, no, no. This is understated class yeah. right here. It's understated. Class. I do love the uh, the Craig Council thing uh, where he was and and like he finding out on, on Twitter, Twitter after everyone else. But it's so funny because like pretty much everyone we asked while we were there kind of had a similar response like Justin Steele was in Arizona working out with a trainer um and then the trainer got like an email with the details about it and then showed it to Steele like every player that was asked like whether it was like when you know me or Jared were talking or like even in some of those scrums like it was all kind of like we were well I was working out I was driving home from the gym I was just getting to the gym like and I saw on Twitter or you know whatever like no one no one had any like pre notion that that anything was happening. So it's kind of funny that right. while we were very freaking shocked, I mean, we can remember our reactions in this office of like, what the hell is going on? I'm sure the players were even more shocked. Carter Hawkins' job was to call a few select players before the news got out, right? Like Jed was on the plane breaking the news to Ross and Carter Hawkins was calling a few players, I'm guessing Dansby and Nico and some of the other players and just saying, this this is going down. Um, I would, one other thing I love is the fact that he admits he's on Cubs Twitter. Mm-hmm. There's so many athletes, oh, I stay off Twitter. I don't read it. It's all a distraction. He's like, no, nah, I was driving in my truck, just read some Twitter. <laughs> you kind of get stuck I was like, no on way. Cubs Twitter. It kind of goes back true. to the fact of like, you like, you know, I read comments on our mentions about whatever player, and and it's just like, bro, like that person might see that. Like, would you say that to their face? Like, <laughs> right. I, it, it's like, like I understand when things are going bad, like I, like Being fans get extra- frustrated and all that. And but criticism some, is warranted in yes, that sense. Like criticism real is criticism. warranted. But some people, 
say some of the dumbest shit that like things honestly like just put yourself in their shoes i understand they make so much more money than all of us can ever dream of but same time it's like they're also human they're not robots that's right so uh, i i always try to emphasize that just a little bit because you know at the end of the day it is just a game right so I know, I know people aren't, the people who are like that aren't going to care what the hell I have to say about it, but I, that is something. Because, I, I, again, we, we know there are players who are on Twitter and aren't on Twitter, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a league where, you know, results matter. But at the same time, like, man, if people were saying some of the shit they said in our mentions when, after a loss or whatever, like... Whether, uh, it's, whether it's a comment board somewhere or after you know a video or whatever it is generally yeah i would i would say if you're not willing to say something to somebody's face don't say it at all yeah but you go ahead and do it how you want to do it but i say in like, general as a like, society like, we might want to go that right. way like building on that alex lafuente saying i look five three and 132 pounds <laughs> that's right you've quickly fallen down my yep. my chat rankings alex oh. That's gonna he's that's now gonna like cost star. you a star. Yeah, he's, he's there like goes your five star. star. Maybe going, yeah. maybe going down to Ryan two. Ryan gets a vote. Quickly yeah. falling down to two. Right. So, and to I guess close on what I was saying is I think athletes they already are more open to fans and stuff on social media than they ever have been. Mm-hmm. Whenever I was a kid. Or definitely when Luke was a kid, because social media wasn't a thing. Media but, wasn't a thing. See, now that was a shock. But it wasn't necessary. Media, they media prob- wasn't a thing yet. They probably would be a lot more active with fans on the internet if people just weren't assholes on, on the internet. But, again, when you have a keyboard and a screen in front of you and you can say whatever you want, people are going to do that. So, I'm just, uh, again, Jordan Wicks, I'm excited to see what he can do. I don't know what the role will be. I still think the Cubs are going to go get another starting pitcher, and he can become that long relief guy that, you know, uh, which adds a left-handed pitcher to their bullpen, maybe get some spot, some spot starts, see what he can do for his full, first four, uh, full year in the majors, maybe inserts himself into the rotation in years to come. That's what I think is going to happen. But if not, I think he's definitely in play for that, fi- that fifth spot in the rotation. I agree. I agree. And, and for sure. Uh, big thanks to uh, Jordan Wicks for being our guest. We appreciate his time. He's very generous with it. Very nice guy. Thank you to everybody who uh, enjoyed and watched the show, hopefully, today. Uh, enjoy the CHGO experience. Best way to join us. Get on that live YouTube chat. Say whatever you want, as long as you're somewhat nice. Uh, <laughs> Subscribe yeah, we to even the CHGO let, Sports even, YouTube page. We even let Omar come in here and stuff. say whatever he says, man. We That's let right. you come in and say whatever you Be want, nice even to though each we don't other. agree it's with okay. it. But we let you say whatever you want. Credit to us. Uh, we'll be back at 1.30 <laughs> live tomorrow. Corey Friedman, I believe, is going to join us for that conversation where we might be uh, Dreamer Thursday. Who knows? We'll come up with something. <laughs> maybe it's the day that maybe it Cody just, Bellinger signs. Maybe we should just continue to call it like Thirsty Thursday. Who are we thirsty for? Thirsty Thursday. Sit around with a bunch of 312s. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, we'll deal with that tomorrow. Thanks for checking out the show. See you tomorrow at 1.30. Until then, thanks for watching and fly the W.